Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. How many would like the best pathway for you? Hello. So Jesus is saying, I don't know what to do. I know there's going to be people coming. Father, what do I do? And he says, this is the best thing. And you're going to see what it is. So we we can't allow people to tell us what's best. God has to tell us what's best. And he does that through prayer. People were not going to set his agenda. God was going to set his agenda. These days, when someone finds a way to produce something successfully, they are usually encouraged to mimic the steps they took in their quest for success. Jesus took a different path. Often, after he had a successful healing ministry in a town, he would find a place to be alone and then leave the site of success to go to another town instead of capitalizing upon the notoriety just created. Pastor Mark will be teaching on the importance of listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit rather than the advice of human marketers so that we can be sure that we are doing the will of God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he concludes his message, A Day in the Life of Jesus. have to serve one another. And thousands of you are already doing it. You're doing great. But some of you don't get it yet. You will never grow in your walk with God until you start serving. Never. You'll be immature. Peter says it like this. Look at 1 Peter 14. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to what? Serve one another. We're a family. So don't sit on the sideline. Get involved. And again, thank you. Because when you serve God, God always gives back to you. See, give and it will be given to you. And some people don't understand that principle. So thank you again. Now, verse 40. At sunset. Look at me. Why does Luke mention at sunset? Well, the Jewish people were under the law. And the law... For the Sabbath, you couldn't walk on the Sabbath. You couldn't take a trip on the Sabbath. You had to stay in your area, all kinds of rules and regulations. If you go to Israel today, actually, they have Sabbath uh, elevators in the hotel. So on the Sabbath, you don't want to get in one of those elevators because you can't push a button. It's work. Still there. So if you get in one of those suckers and it's 20 floors, one, two, it's automatic. You don't want to get on one of them elevators. I won't push my button because I don't fooey with the Sabbath. I just push my button and go to three. So what, why, why does he mention sunset? Because the Sabbath ends at sunset. So now what can the people do? Travel 
to where Jesus is because the word had been spreading. The word had been spreading. I was at, I did a funeral yesterday. And as I was at the funeral, uh, a number of people came up and said, man, we hear about your church. We hear about the teaching. We hear about the excitement. And my friend wants to bring me and I'm going to come. Yes. Because it's not about me in the house. It's Jesus is in the house. You understand that? And so this is what's going to happen. Now, what happens at sunset? Look at that verse again. The people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness and laying his hands on what? Each one. He healed them. This incredible busy day was almost over. You see, every person, 7.3 billion people, every person has a name. Every person is important. Let me show you how our world is changing. There's one birth every eight seconds in our world. There's one death every 12 seconds. The net gain is one person every 15 seconds. We just keep growing and growing and growing. Now let's look at the one death every 12 seconds. All of you, including me, are going to die. Every person that you look at, the eyes you look at, the person you're sitting next to, work, school, whatever, every person has a name, and every person will spend eternity in one of two places. We have a great role to get them to heaven. That's why you're here. You're not here to serve yourself. I'm not here to serve myself. In all our roles, lost people matter to Jesus. That's why we're here. And those people need to hear about Jesus so they can decide. Now, notice the second thing. He touched them personally. Personal touch shows genuine compassion. He wasn't afraid to touch them and meet their needs supernaturally. So we see Jesus, our role model, his hands, his feet, his mouth are in action. Beautiful. That was with the sick. Look at verse 41. Moreover, demons came out of many people. Notice what they're going to shout again. They all know Jesus. You are the son of God, but he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. Where is Jesus meeting needs now? We've seen it in the home. We've seen it in the synagogue or our church. Here's a third place you can write down today. Jesus meets our needs in the marketplace of life, the soccer field, the neighborhood that we live in, our workplace, the cubicles that we have, the apartment complex that you're in, the school that you're in, and high school, junior high, the universities that we're in. And he's meeting the needs in all of those places. Now, understand as that's happening, why would the people come running to outside of Peter's house? Well, because he was meeting people's needs that nobody could meet. He was touching people. He cared for people. Every one of them he ministered to. We learned last week that Jesus ended his mission statement and he said this, I've come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He was saying this, God's favor is here now. So what was Jesus as he's ministering to the people in the church, in the home, in this marketplace, what was he saying? God loves you. God came to meet your needs, and God is for you. Can I say this morning, God loves you. God came to meet your needs, and God is for you. He's not against you. Oh, he knows who we are, and he still loves us. 
See, that's the year of the Lord's favor. It's a beautiful thing. Now, after all of this, how many would say what you just saw was a pretty busy day? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Demons coming out like crazy, people being healed, whatever. He goes to dinner and asks the minister, whatever, no rest. Now, he goes to sleep, but look at verse 42. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Mark one thirty five gives us a little more information. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Mark tells us that Jesus went off early by himself. He went to refocus for the next day. It's very insightful to me to see that Jesus set the tone for the next day by doing something that's on your bracelet. How many have a bracelet? And Raise your hand with your bracelet. Okay. If you don't have one, they're $23 now. You missed it at the beginning of the year. No, you can just get one for free. Get a bracelet. What's it say? What's the first thing it says? Pray what? Pray first. What is Jesus doing? He's praying first. He's saying to God, okay, we got through yesterday. What do you want me to do today? And there's some very important principles. Don't miss it. It's simple, but it's primarily key to you and me. Notice, here's a statement I want you to write down. Jesus knew prayer had to be a priority before action and before ministry. If I'm not seeking God's face and anointing, This ministry time is useless because I have nothing to offer you. But with the anointing, I can offer you help for your needs. See, ministry doesn't come because we're gifted. Ministry comes because we're empowered by God. Since the new year, we've been learning to pray before we act. Not do something and go, God, just bless this today. Well, I forgot to ask you, but I know you'll bless it. You're going to see something different. Why do we want to pray first? Number one, look at this. Prayer is God's way of providing what we need in life. The Bible simply says it like this. You do not have because you do not ask God. So some of you this morning don't have because you haven't asked God. Read your bracelet. Start in the morning. Say, God, here I have a need. I already talked to you about that. I have this need, God. Help me. I don't know what to do in this situation. I need direction. I need this. I need this. Some of you have to make a purchase this week or change a job or whatever. All those things. Remember, God answers. He always answers prayer, but he answers his way, not your way. He answers yes. Sometimes he answers no. That just means he has something better. Other times he answers wait, wait, and it's going to come to you. But the timing isn't right. So don't be angry. God answers. Number two, the second big deal we have in all of our life is where our life is filled with stress and worry. Guaranteed this week, you worried about something. Now look at this verse. Prayer is the cure for the disease of worry. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, pray first with thanksgiving, presenting your requests. To God. If you're worried and anxious about something this morning, just give it to God right now in this moment. God, take it. By the way, worry gets you nowhere. You, you don't solve anything with worry. Just give it to God. 
So Jesus got alone. He's thanking God for the day and all the neat things that God did for him. I do that in my devotion time in the morning. Thank you, God, and just thank him for what he's doing. Let's finish the verse 42. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. Which people? All the people that heard what happened the night before, they got all their friends, and they're coming to be ministered to. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. You see, what they discovered as they're there, they want Jesus to come back to Peter's house, that area, and minister to all these people that are going to be coming that morning. But Jesus has already been told by the Father, no, we're going to go to the next town. Now, that seems strange to us. You're going to... You can actually leave those people there and not touch them, and you're going to go to the next town? Here's a principle I want you to write down. When you start to learn this, you'll love it. Here's the principle. Do the best things by obeying God's will for you. It would have been a good thing to stay and minister to those people, but it was not the best thing. See, I want my life to do the best things. You say, well, prove it. Watch this verse. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. How many would like that best to be removed and just say, I will guide you along a good pathway? Anybody just like the good? How many would like the best pathway for you? Hello. So Jesus is saying, I don't know what to do. I know there's going to be people coming. Father, what do I do? And he says, this is the best thing. And you're going to see what it is. So we, we can't allow people to tell us what's best. God has to tell us what's best. And he does that through prayer. People were not going to set his agenda. God was going to set his agenda. Now look at verse 43. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the king to other towns also. I must. What does I must mean? urgency. I can't waste my time. I have to do what's best. Lost people matter to God. He says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. What does that mean? It means that God was in charge of his ministry. Jesus didn't go out and do his thing. He trusted God to help him with the agenda for that day. Jesus had to say no to good things and go to other hurting people who had not yet heard the good news. Now, I want you to look at me, and I want you to get what I'm going to say to you. Jesus loved to heal people. He still heals people today. Divine healing is absolutely biblical. Jesus loves to cast out demons through us today. By the way, he heals through us. That's the way we elders pray. That's what we pray for people. We don't heal them. We're just the, the vessel that God uses. So he heals through us. He casts out demons through us, through you. But the most primary thing that Jesus did was to come to tell people that lost people can be saved. Understand, there's a priority. Why? One day, Jesus went and raised Lazarus from the dead. Did Lazarus die again? Yes, he did. 
Well, see, it's no good raising somebody from the dead if they don't get saved. Because they'll spend eternity without God. So Jesus says, I must go to the next town and share the gospel. Oh, and by the way, while people are coming to Christ, being forgiven, I'll heal and I'll deliver from demons. But I must take the good news. Urgency. We're here for that very reason. What is that good news? Here it is. It's simple to us, but sometimes complicated. Good news. People can be forgiven of their sins and freed to follow Jesus. Understand, that's why we're here as a church. We're here primarily to touch the needs of people. The greatest need is forgiveness. But we pray for the sick. We cast out demons. Absolutely. It's a real world. But our primary need is to get people to see they, good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go to heaven. So look at verse 44. Look. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. He continued to teach. He wasn't going to limit his ministry to one little corner of Israel. He'd go all over Israel, all over taking the good news. What do we see in that one day of Jesus? What do we see in his life? Here's what we see. Jesus understood these priorities. God first touch people and use my time wisely. God first, touch people and use my time wisely. That's the same three priorities every single one of us would have. Can you write this down this morning before we pray? You see, when you came to God, he gifted you. And he gifted you to do all kinds of amazing things. Share the gospel, touch people's lives. All of you, so many of you brought things for the, for the abused uh, uh, mothers and children. Thank you so much. You brought these gifts in. What a joy for you to do. If maybe you came and forgot them, just run out and get something and bring them back. Because we're going to bless them on Mother's Day. Isn't that like touching people? Wouldn't Jesus do that very thing? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Notice, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. See, I don't know everything that God's planned for me to do. That's why I have a quiet time. And he challenges me. Do these things. Go here. Do that. So Christ follower, live every day with those priorities. God first. Meet him in the morning. Do that little start my walk video. Help you with your devotion tomorrow morning. People. Be around people. Look for needs. See, every day where you're at, you're going to come across people. People have needs. Sometimes you, they won't share it with you. You know them, but they won't share it with you. But you'll notice a demeanor, an issue. They're hurting. Nothing wrong with saying, is there anything I can pray for you about? And maybe that'll open a door. See, be sensitive. Be sensitive. Use your time for things that outlast this earth. And what outlasts this earth? Only one thing here, people. The rest of the stuff is bring it to the sale, rummage sale. Get it out of your house. Touch people. Amen, amen, amen. Now, uh, I'm going to share a verse with you that is a strange verse for lots of people. And some of you were raised to believe 
maybe incorrectly what it is, but Jesus says this first. Take a look at it. It's so powerful. Here's what Jesus says. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What does that mean? Well, it simply means this, and I'll start with me. I have the authority this morning from God, because it's in God's word, to tell you if you will repent of your sins and believe in Jesus Christ, your sins will be forgiven. You can be saved today. I have the authority to announce that to you. Now, why do I have that authority? Because I'm the most high priest. And I'm making, I'm making fun. No, I don't have that authority because I'm a priest. I have the authority because I'm a Christian. You have the same authority. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm not going to walk into work. I have the authority to proclaim. No. But if somebody says to you, is this Christian thing really real? Can I actually have my sins forgiven? Yes, you can. And you and I wouldn't use the word authority. We just say this. On the authority of God's word. Let me show you the verse that's on the authority of God's word. This is why we can say this. Notice. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Your sins will be forgiven. You can go to heaven. That authority doesn't come from me because I'm a man or a priest or a pastor. That authority comes from God's word. Every one of you have that authority. That's amazing. So it isn't related to a certain people that forgive sins. I don't forgive. Only person who can forgive sins is God. But I can pronounce it. And I'm going to in a moment. But I want to show you the second part of that verse. Let's go back to that. When you see the verse I just gave you, the good news isn't good until you present the bad news. Here's the bad news. If you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. Now what about this? If you do not forgive them, if they refuse to repent, they are not forgiven. See, I don't make the choice. Every individual makes a choice. You have to choose either to believe God and be forgiven by repenting and believing so you can go to heaven, have peace, or you can reject it. If you reject it, remember what we told you, every person lives in one of two places forever. So we have the authority and the power and the compassion to touch people's lives, to lead people to Christ. Many people to come to Christ in church, but many people come to Christ in towns and nursing homes and neighborhoods on the ball fields all over the world. And that's a great privilege we have because God loves lost people. That's why Jesus came. That's why we're here this morning. In today's message, we were reminded by Pastor Mark of the importance of getting tuned in to what the Holy Spirit wants us to be doing. Equally important is maintaining that close walk to God by spending time alone with Him as well as reading His Word. It's from the overflow of the Spirit in our lives that we can minister to others sharing the love of God. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. 
Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. We've completed Pastor Mark's teaching on a day in the life of Jesus, and we learned how we should be ordering and conducting our lives. Next time, Pastor Mark will be teaching on doing everyday life with God. We will be studying further in the book of Luke, watching how Jesus interacted with people, what he taught them and us, and how he lived the tenets of what we call the Old Testament. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.